Hello, welcome to the Jill Cruz podcast. This is Jill Cruz. Today I spoke with Andy Locke Mears about something that you may have never heard about before. It certainly was the first time I heard about it. And that's called Germanic healing knowledge. And as we talk about in the podcast, that's actually not the proper name. The proper name is a German word that I can't pronounce. <laughs> But it's a very uh, holistic perspective on health, and it's based in trust in your body, which I really, really appreciate. Definitely check this out, learn about something new, and just keep in mind that everything that we talk about in this podcast uh, relating to health, mental health, physical health, is all educational. And we are not advocating, I am not advocating or endorsing what any of the guests are saying. We are talking about what they do and what they're excited about and introducing new concepts to you. So just keep that in mind as you're listening. This is purely for educational purposes, for entertainment purposes. This is not, should never take the place of any medical advice that you've gotten from your doctor or any healthcare practitioner that you are working with. So please give a listen and learn something new and check it out if you're interested. But also remember that we are not here to give medical advice or anything like that. Please listen to your health professionals. Thank you so much and enjoy this episode. Hello, Andy, and welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Jill. I really appreciate this opportunity. Sure, sure. Yeah. So let's start off by talking about what you do. And we'd love to hear more about exactly what it is. <laughs> um, <laughs> so the name that, that I see written is Germanic Healing Knowledge. And you described to me already that that's actually not quite it, but it's the best we have in English. So tell us what, what is Germanic healing knowledge? What is this? Right. So you'll often see it as German new medicine, GNM. You'll often see that. And that's what it's been in English for a number of years. And we realized that Dr. Hammer didn't want it called that. He changed it in 2010. He is the man who discovered all this. Mm -hmm. And so he changed it to, um, he's German. So he changed it to Germanische Heilkunde which um, I don't speak German, but at least I've learned how to say that. And it mm -hmm. loosely translates as Germanic healing knowledge. Germanic not being of Germany, but of a certain region of Europe, okay. which were the indigenous people of that area. So it's the native cultures, native traditions of that area. Mm -hmm. And then healing, as you can imagine, it's healing. It's about health and wellness. And mm -hmm. it's simply, it's knowledge. This is not a modality. This is knowledge that helps you on your journey. Wow. Okay. So tell me more. I see this incredible so, graphic behind you. <laughs> yes. Yes. I know it's a, it's a great backdrop. It's not super usable in the daily life, but it makes a great <laughs> backdrop. So yes. Yeah, so Gemenische Heilkunde was something that was discovered 40 years ago by Dr. Reike Gerd Hammer. We call him Dr. Hammer. And mm -hmm. he was a normal, regularly trained physician in Germany mm -hmm. in his early 40s, healthy, very healthy. He and his wife, they were both physicians. 
and they received a phone call one day that their teenage son had been accidentally shot while on vacation in Italy. Oh my gosh. And you can imagine what that's like. So they rushed to his side and four months later, after many operations, he died in his father's arms. And you can, again, imagine for two physicians what kind of experience that is like. And shortly after that, Dr. Hummer was diagnosed with testicular cancer. Now, he is not a mind-body-spirit guy the way that you and I might be. Mm-hmm. He, is, he is a pragmatic German, and he's looking at, ha, huh, what's going on? I'm healthy my whole life. I have this huge trauma, and now I have cancer. Again, mm-hmm. he's not mind-body-spirit. This was now the early 80s. He got through surgery. He did what he, he did conventional means, got through that, all of that, and he decided to look at the new new toy they had, a CT scan, to see, well, what's going on in the brain? He was thinking, I think the brain is the cause of this, this cancer in me. So he took a CT of himself, and he worked at the University of Munich at this point in their cancer area. He, he t- took CTs on everybody, and he looked in their CTs, and he saw a circular lesion in everyone's brain in a different location. Mm. He had one as well. So it's like, okay, what is this? He was very curious. He started talking with his patients. So these were all, I'm sorry, these were all cancer patients that he's they were doing all, the yes, CT scan. This was all cancer at the time, yep. And so he talked with them and he realized all the men who had testicular cancer had all experienced the loss of a child or someone close to them. Oh my gosh. Just like he had. And he's wow. like, oh my gosh, he's putting this all together. All the women who had ductal breast cancer had all experienced some sort of separation from a loved one. Mm-hmm. And so what he realized when he put these the health histories together with their medical diagnosis and with their CT scan, he realized that all of the people that had the lesion in the same area in the brain had all experienced the same kind of conflict prior to their diagnosis, and they all had the same diagnosis. Mm. They all had the same cancer. So there was no exception to this. It was 100% accurate for everyone. He took years, he studied tens of thousands of CTs, and he realized, and he, he mapped out the entire brain. And what he discovered was that all illnesses, all sicknesses from Acne to warts to a heart attack to cancers all begin with a biological conflict shock. Now, this is different from trauma. Trauma is psychological. This is a biological conflict shock, which means there's three criteria. One is that it's distressing. Something happens that you're upset about. You were caught on the wrong foot, so it was unexpected. You you couldn't prepare for it. You were literally caught off guard. And it's isolating, which means you're focused on it. You're looking at it. You're mulling it over. You're focused on, oh my gosh, what am I going to do about this? When those three criteria are met, he realized that what he called the psyche, which is our innate intelligence, which is always vigilant, it determined that, uh uh-oh, this could be dangerous. We need to adapt the organism right now so we'll survive. So um, instantly, a lesion appears in the brain, and it begins a biological program somewhere in your body. Now, one of three things is happening right away. We're growing cells somewhere in our body to make an area stronger, 
to help us get through this, this shock. Or we're losing cells somewhere in our body. We're actually making it a little bit weaker, which actually helps us get through that shock. Or mm-hmm. we're losing functioning. Something is under-functioning in our body, which actually helps us in that moment. And so once it's resolved, let's say you lose your job and you're mm-hmm. just, oh my gosh, you didn't see this one coming at all. You start a biological program. Two months later, you resolve it by getting another job. It's mm-hmm. all resolved. But you had two months of cell growth, cell loss, or functional loss, which you're not really aware of. But it switches us from the first phase, which is what we call the conflict active phase. When we're upset, we're trying to figure things out. Once it's resolved, now we switch into the second of the two phases of all diseases. And that's called the healing phase, or we call the the PCL phase, the post-conflict phase. Mm -hmm. So if we grew cells for two months, now we're going to break them down because we don't need them to make that area of our body stronger. We're done, right? We've resolved it. So now we can return to homeostasis. Let's get rid of those, those extra cells. We don't need them. So we'll break them down with specific microbes, and there's pain, swelling, and inflammation with that. If we lost cells for two months, now we're going to replenish them, again, with certain microbes. There's pain, swelling, and inflammation with that. This phase right here is what we call being sick. So actually, when we have symptoms, for the most part, they're going to happen right now, and it's actually, you're already done, you've resolved it, and now you're simply returning to homeostasis. That's what symptoms mean. For the most part, there's a few. Is this, when you say sick, could this be a, it doesn't have to be sick like a cold. It could be anything. Like you said, it could be acne. could be a cold. Suddenly your shoulder aches, your knee aches. Mm -hmm. Right. It could be anything. Now you've got, now you found a lump in your breast. Oh my gosh, what's going on there? Okay. Yeah. And there's... Different exceptions. There are times you will you will have symptoms or find a lump somewhere in your body in the conflict active phase. But for the most part, when you have symptoms, think of it as a cold or a flu or mm-hmm. that shoulder now hurts. And now that's what we call being sick. And that's often when we go to the doctors. And it's literally simply helping us return to homeostasis. Okay. Now, once we you know, break down all the cells that need to be broken down, or we rebuild that area that needs to be rebuilt, we now get rid of the edema that's in our body because healing always takes place in a liquid environment. We had edema in the circle in the brain and on the organ level. So we'll push that out. That's called the epicrisis. And once we push that out, we're in the second phase of the two phases. It's PCLB. And now it's scarification. So we're just scarring over the area in the brain and that organ or tissue level. And then we are back to our normal day-night circadian rhythm. Mm -hmm. This is true for every single, quote, dis-ease on this planet for all living beings, animals, humans, even plants. We can see it in plants. So that's the nutshell. (laughs) Okay. Okay. So, you know, then everybody's probably like, well, what can I do? What should I do? Should I just let, like, I I have um, an issue with my hip. It's it's kind of funny because I have an issue with my hip, which is on my left side, kind of down. And then I have an issue with my thumb, which is on my right side, kind of, you know, my upper limb. And I can't help but notice that they're like, diagonal from each other in a way, you know, like, so I don't know if that means anything, but it's been meaning something to me that I I haven't 
discovered why that I keeps that thought keeps popping into my head. Right. My initial inclination when I have something like this is to just ignore it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Probably, probably like everybody else. Like a lot uh, of people, absolutely. Yeah. And, then, and then it gets worse. So yeah. I start to pay attention. And now I'm like, <laughs> oh, you know, I have to fix it. Yeah, right. So tell me about that. Well, you know, I mean, cancer is... Cancer is like almost in a way like an entire conversation of its own, I think, because of our society. Because if I said, oh, you know, my hip hurts and I'm kind of ignoring it, nobody would think they'd be like, yeah, I kind of did that too. And it went away like a year later. Right. right but right. if you if you were diagnosed with uh, heart disease or cancer or, so, you know, you're supposed to address it. So what is the path according to, you know, this knowledge Right. that one should take because you can't, it, it sounds like the experience is unexpected, whether or not it's distressing or you focus on it intently or not, maybe you could modulate those factors. But if something happens, it happens, right? It happens. We, can't, right. we can't avoid necessarily those things happening, right. but how does one approach it then once we have so this knowledge? The, the most important thing is to learn this knowledge so that when we have a symptom, we understand what the cause was, we know which program is running in, the, in our body, and we know how it resolves. Mm -hmm. It's as simple as that. Okay. Now, that being said, a lot of people come to me after a pretty serious diagnosis. Mm -hmm. And I use the word serious only because it's serious to them because we've grown up in a culture of fear of our bodies. Right. right. We have an entire system of medicine that is based on fear. Mm -hmm. So number one, don't get the diagnosis. If you know what's going, if you know you know more than anyone else, especially in a white coat, what's going on in your body and why, how it started, why it started, and how it resolves. So the last thing you'd want to do is subject yourself to more fear because that's more conflict shocks. Mm. That means oh. there's more programs now running in your body. Right. Which are, right. you know, we want to try to live a balanced life. And so when we know, huh, if I go and get a scary diagnosis, that's going to be more conflict shocks, you realize that's not in my best interest. Mm -hmm. Now, there are ways that we use, you know, the allopathic system. And I'm not saying there's something you know, wrong with all of it. There isn't. There are very important parts of it that we need. Yeah. It's about being smart. It's about using it in a very smart manner in mm -hmm. a in accordance with the five biological laws that Dr. Hammer discovered that are the basis of everything I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. So once we understand what's going on in our body and why, we then know what and how to manage it moving forward. So the five basic biological laws are, are what you just described to me? I described several of them. I, the first one is, the first biological law is that all, quote, disease begins with a conflict shock and that impacts immediately in the psyche, the brain, and the organ levels. Mm -hmm. That's the first biological law. The second one is that there's two phases for every disease. Mm -hmm. The third one has to do with embryology, and it's how we grow as an embryo, and we've got three germ layers. And it was embryologists who were able to confirm his work. And when he looked at the germ layers of where the circles were in the brain, what they were connected to, and what germ layer they were created from. I won't get into all of that, but it's about germ layers. Mm -hmm. The third one is about microbes, the beneficial use and role of all microbes, all 
microbes. <laughs> so even even the bad ones you're saying even, the so-called the so-called the bad one which is not a bad one at all. Uh-huh. Correct. We'll only we'll have microbes active in the healing phase because they all have a job to do and they know their job and they do it well. But that's mm. when they're detected and now it's like, oh, it's causing this issue. Absolutely not. It's actually helping to heal you. Mm. Well, it reminds me of the, you know, I learned my kids went to Waldorf schools and I, you know, there's homeopathy is pretty common, but, yep. you know, I don't know a whole lot about like the anthroposophical perspective on medicine, but I would imagine that it's aligned, pretty aligned with a lot of what you're saying. But one of the things that I learned as a mom was, you know, when your child is having a fever, let it run, you know, for for the most part, right? Let it run because that's the body healing itself. And also I've learned that about about inflammation. So um, like I see a chiropractor here, I'm going to go see him. (laughs) He does, he's a chiropractor, but he does mostly uh, what's called fascial manipulation. And he told me that the inflammation that's occurring that, you know, oh, you know, we, we in society are like, you know, ice it, take Advil, like get rid of that inflammation as quickly as possible. We're actually halting or slowing down the healing process by doing all of those things. So part of what he does is actually kind of almost like inciting inflammation, but like in a a good way. And also he talks about scar tissue. So a lot of this is sounding very familiar to me. And I tell you, his work, the work that he's done on my body, it has been incredible. And he'll always say after I get, you know, a session, he'll say, don't take Advil for a couple of days. Let (laughs) the inflammation run its course. Do what it needs so, to do. It's here for a reason. Yeah. So what you're saying about how the, I, I love this. I love this because I talk about, and just more on a, like an emotional level, I talk about how when we feel fear or sadness, something that we may have been taught, we pretty much have all been taught our negative emotions. Right. Anger. Yeah. Anger. Right. They, like this is actually, can we embrace this emotion? Can we learn from it? And it is, I think, again, like part of a healing process. Mm-hmm. And that that anger is erupting for a reason. And so if we suppress it and ignore it, like we are suppressing a fever or suppressing inflammation, it, it, I just, I can't help but see the similarities here between right. what we do with our emotions and what we do with any kind of discomfort in our body. Right. Right. And so that gets us into a whole other realm of like body, mind, spirit, which which is not what this is. And Mm -hmm. yet there's certainly a role that emotions play. We all know that biological programs, though, we don't base it on emotions. We're basing it on. Well, when I when I work with someone, I look at their symptoms. When I know Mm -hmm. what their symptoms are, I know where the lesion is in the brain and I know which Mm -hmm. program is turned on. It doesn't matter what emotions they felt. Right. That's that's irrelevant. Mm-hmm. What could be relevant moving forward is that an emotion can be a track, which mm-hmm. means that can start the program again. So we okay. have a lot like a of trigger, a trigger. Yes, that's mm-hmm. yeah, a trigger that starts what we call a track, which just means it's a quick. You start the program again. You have the symptom mm-hmm. again. Anything chronic, any anything chronic in your body, you have tracks. Mm. So you have something triggering it. Could be a a season, you know, seasonal allergies. Mm-hmm. It means you've had a 
conflict shock in the spring. It's not fully resolved. Now spring comes around again. Your psyche says, oh, it's spring again. Let's start the program to keep you safe. It's just a warning signal. Mm-hmm. So what do you do? How do, how do you help people? That I mean, I'm assuming that if people come to you with dis-ease, they're yeah. looking for <laughs> alleviation of that. Right. So what do you do? Mostly want a, you know, a magic wand, which is, um, <laughs> you know, not entirely feasible. And yet I have seen amazing miracles happen. So it all depends. If somebody comes to me with a recent diagnosis and I know that, okay, they, they're in a healing phase, there's nothing they have to do other than get out of fear. Their body knows exactly what to do to finish that healing phase. Okay. So, so my job then becomes becomes downgrading the fear. Oh, wow. Okay. That's what I do. Mm-hmm. If somebody comes to me, they've been through it all. They've had 30 years of you know shoulder issues or IBS or any set, sort of label that's a chronic one. Mm-hmm. Then my job is a little different. My job is to help them understand why it started. So we have to go back and find that original conflict shock. And then we have to make the, I have to help hold the space. So that person makes the connections on why they have it, mm-hmm. how they keep it active and how they really don't necessarily want this anymore. Once those connections are made, oftentimes it's gone. Well, to me, that does sound like mind body stuff though. Like if I, because I'm thinking about, I'll use my example here with my thumb and my hip. Yeah. You know, it would take me some time, I, I just because I'm hearing this for the first time. So nothing's coming to mind to me right now that was a conflict shock. I have to write that down. Oh, yeah, I wrote that down. So uh, I, nothing's coming to mind to me right now. So that's an interesting thing. Like maybe people don't know what the conflict shock is. And then the that sounds like inner work, right? Like it's... um. You know, this is not the type of thing where we go back and analyze toilet training. We do not do that. It's very mm-hmm. pragmatic. And it's like, okay, when did your shoulder issue start? Mm-hmm. We look at that. And then we know that that for that particular issue, it's a healing phase. So it's all resolved. Mm-hmm. So we have to find the conflict prior to that. So I help the person zero in on what that is. Usually mm-hmm. we find it. Okay. And that's the fear management to, instead of pain management, it's fear management, right? Yeah. <laughs> the fear <laughs> the fear management is really just so that the person can be comfortable and, and not freaking out about this thing. Because whether the person is fearful of it or not, it's still going to resolve is what you're saying. Right. If they have a symptom, it's already resolved for the uh-huh. most part. Right. For mm-hmm. most programs, it's not true for some, but for the most most cases, yeah. So why do things progress then? Like like we talked about, I'm trying to think of an example that's not cancer, but cancer keeps coming to mind, right? Like right. because it's something that does usually progress, right? You, right? you get a little lump and if you don't notice it, blah, blah, blah. So how do you uh, describe that? Right. So there's, there's no such thing as, quote, metastases. Mm-hmm. So what happens, though, is that when we're sitting in the doctor's office and we're giving a cancer diagnosis, we just started another program, maybe two or three other programs. Okay, got it. So now you've got cell growth, cell loss, functional loss in other areas of your body because of the diagnosis shock. Got it, got it. And so later, because the system does what it does, they're always looking, always looking, and they may eventually find your healing phase. 
or they may actually find it in the conflict active phase if there's cell growth. Mm -hmm. And so they think, oh, it spread. It did not spread. It actually started because of their languaging. I see. Okay. So it could also be someone has heart, you know, heart problems and then they go and they get surgery or they get some kind of invasive procedure. And that can also be in and of itself a conflict shock. So the avenues of so-called healing that we are, you know, used to in Western medicine can oftentimes create new, create uh, dis-ease in the body. I mean, I feel that way. Like I'll tell you right now. And, 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 uh, you know, this is, this is a public podcast and people are going to listen and, and don't take, you know, do what your doctor recommends. Okay. But I know instinctively I've had a mammogram that has got to, I, I, there's just, I keep saying, well, how could this be good for me to go and get a mammogram. It's like, it's traumatic, you know? Yes, yes. It's traumatic <laughs> emotionally, it's traumatic physically. Physically, yeah. yeah. And so yeah. then then I think, well, gosh, you know, our medical system is so, it, to me, I, I always think of it as being very masculine, like, you know, let's just crush the boob to see if it's healthy. <laughs> exactly. You know, crush it and expose it to a bunch of radiation exactly. and, and let's see if it's healthy, you know? <laughs> That's like, and, and it's just crazy with, with male body parts too, because if we're doing it with female body parts, maybe. <laughs> yes. there's right. one body part that comes to mind, but we yeah, won't, we is. won't go there. <laughs> but you see how archaic that is. Yeah. You know, no man would put up with that. And anyway, and that aside, you know, the fact that it's ingrained in us, we need to do that, put ourselves yeah. through that is ridiculous. Yeah, we don't. Yeah. And right. that's where that's where we've we've been brainwashed. Yeah. Yeah. We and this uh, this podcast is for educational purposes only. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. It's just, you know, everybody should explore, you know, what feels right to you, of course. Exactly. But I, I, I think it's I value this conversation because we've been taught to believe that that's the only way. Right. And we, you know, some of us, like I was brought up in a hippie household. I'll just, I'll just call it that. I love it. You know, <laughs> my, my mother, I don't know. She listens to all my podcasts. So she may not like me saying this, but <laughs> my mother, <laughs> she did um, birth education classes in our house. This oh, is like cool. in the, in the seventies, right? The 70s, this was like, yeah. yeah, like really radical stuff, right? Just teaching women to like breathe during labor, right? Yeah. But she, one of the things that she would do is show them what a placenta looked like. Yep. And so we had placentas <laughs> in our freezer. <laughs> so that yep. just gives you an idea of like my it. upbringing, you know. Yes. So I, I was always taught from when I was a child to look at things differently that that society handed down to us. So yes. to me, this comes naturally. And I'm, I'm just curious. I'm like, tell me more. But a lot of people, when they hear this, they think, wait a minute, you know, that that can't be right. And, you know, like, we're just taught to we're taught to not question the status quo. Exactly. God forbid you do that, right? Yes, and then you're a yes. radical. And then if somebody is questioning the status quo, then, you know, they have to be crazy. And it's like, no, like, just let's have an open mind about this. And we're dynamic beings. Yes. And there can't just be one way. It's impossible. So anyway. Exactly. 
Exactly. <laughs> Those yeah. are my and thoughts. This really learning this knowledge gets you back to trusting your body. Mm. And when you can trust your body and you understand what's going on, then the path forward really opens up. And now you understand, do I need that lab test? Do I need that exam? Do I need any of that? Do I need homeopathy? Do I need herbal medicine? Do I need acupuncture? It, it all makes sense. Once mm-hmm. you understand what's going on in your body and why, you will know how to move forward. It's yeah. the ultimate wisdom. Right. Yeah. And and we are also taught to not trust right. from day one. Right. You know, don't let your baby, you know, dictate your schedule. Right. So, you know, feed the baby on, on your schedule, not on, on her schedule. schedule. Right. You know, if she's crying let's hurry up and make her stop crying. Like, you know, we really, we start that very young. We do. And then, you know, I, I, I don't like to pick on formula feeding in a way that's judgmental. It's just an observation is that if formula feeding is the beginning of the end of our trust in our bodies, yes. unfortunately, yes. or or timed feeding, even you could be breastfeeding on a timed schedule. We are literally teaching our baby: don't listen to your inner cues. Right. Just do it when I'm ready. You know, exactly. <laughs> and, and, and I breastfed both of my babies till they were three and a half years old, which some yep. might think is ridiculous. I and did it was. The same. Oh, you did, and it was on cue. It was on cue, which is not easy in our modern world. It's very hard to do that. If you if you work, it's almost impossible, right? It's pretty much impossible unless you work with your baby with you, which more and more companies are doing. Anyway, um, I'm off on a little bit of a tangent here, but the point is that the idea that you can trust your body is like totally radical. I know, right? <laughs> it's which is ridiculous that it's radical. <laughs> yes. yes. Like that's the ultimate thing that we have that no one can take away from us that right. should be that no one can take away from us. A good part so, of my job is simply restoring that trust for people. Mm. And you have to see this over and over again. You have to see proof of it. At least that's what I recommend. The only way to mm. really know and embody this is to see it over and over and over again. And, and then it starts getting in. Oh, so anytime there's a natural disaster on this planet, I'm always looking mm-hmm. for what will their healing phase be for those people. Mm-hmm. Anytime I see a celebrity diagnosed with something, it's like I go and I look at their, their life to find their conflict shock. Oh, wow. It's, it's all of it. You see it everywhere around you. Animals are perfect to observe this. If you've got cats or dogs, they're a perfect mirror of what this is. And yeah. they know exactly how to resolve their conflicts biologically. So, so what is aging then? Aging is just a natural process. That, natural that process, happens. yes. Okay. But that being said, if you're losing faculties, you're mm-hmm. losing your mind, your hearing, your eyesight, all of those are biological conflict shocks. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, this mm-hmm. is amazing. I mean, I, yeah. I, I, it's definitely aligned with a lot of what I think is true. Um, but I think people listening should listen and say, hey, does that make sense to me? Does that appeal to me? You know, we're not here to convince anybody of anything. It's just right. a, a, a different perspective. So right. exactly. And people have to be ready for this, you know, and I can I can tell right away when someone's not ready. And it's like, that's fine. It's yeah. their journey. We all have a journey on this planet. Some people make their way to this and embrace it and others do not. And that Mm -hmm. is fine. That is as it needs to be. 
Yes, yes, uh, ag agreed, 100%. <laughs> and what we've been through the past three years on this planet, more and more people are finding this. And yeah. that is, again, as it needs to be. Yeah, wow, that's beautiful. Well, thank you so much. I, I really appreciate this conversation. It's, uh, it's eye-opening, it's logical. I like logical things. You know, yes, me too. It me feels too. like something that can be universal. Yes, I get, is. I get a little, I get a little, you know, my hackles up a little bit when it's like, well, you know, you know, you have to follow this way of eating or this way of exercising oh, yeah. because yeah. it's my way and it works. You know, and right. this is very. It's almost like a fundamental law kind of thing for yeah. me. It feels like, like That's for me exactly as an as a nutritionist, I always say, you know, there's really only one fundamental law of nutrition. Well, actually there's two. Well, there's one fundamental law and one fundamental practice. The law is that whole foods are superior to processed foods. That's yeah. the only rule that we have to follow. Yes. But then in practice, pay attention to your body. Observe yes. what's happening. Exactly. And, and and now all those hundreds of diet books that have been written, you can throw them all away. <laughs> throw them away. You can throw <laughs> right. them away. Because right. you don't need need them. You don't. So, you really don't. You really don't. One thing I'm always saying is that there's 8 billion people on this planet. So there are 8 billion paths to wellness. Mm. They're all individual. What I need is different than what you need. Because my conflict shocks are different than your conflict shocks. My personality is different. My everything, you know, it's it's different. So yeah. I have to find my path, just like all my clients, all my students have to find their paths. And that's what I do is hold that space and give them the knowledge so they can find that path. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that. And I believe I believe that you really do believe that, like you're not just saying that because a lot of people kind of, yeah. they give lip service to it, but it really is, um, I can feel that you, you know, you really embrace that, which is that's, cool. That's what this is all about, the Gemanische Heilkunde. It's really all about that, finding yeah. your path, learn the knowledge. And when you learn the knowledge, you'll know what to do. Mm, I love it. Well, thank you so much, Andy, for being with me today. You're so welcome, Jill. My pleasure. This was a lot of fun. And I hope yes. your listeners have enjoyed this. Yes, yes. Thank you. I imagine you found that episode very interesting and thought-provoking, definitely getting to some deeper layers of health in terms of trusting our bodies. I think if, if there's anything that I would love for you to take away from this episode, whether you think, you know, what we were talking about is a little wacky or whatever, that's fine. But the idea that we really want to and need to trust our bodies and our bodies know how to heal and just putting a lot more trust in that I think is really important. Uh, and again, this is not to take the place of medical advice from your doctor, but it's a way to, it's a way of moving through the world, a different perspective that you can take that's much more empowering. It's much more empowering to think that your body knows what it's, what it's supposed to do and it's going to do it. And also not removing fear. That was my instinct to say removing fear, but being aware of our fear and, and not allowing it to rule us and understanding that fear is there for a reason and, and being curious about that. What, why is that fear coming up for me? Um, that's the process. But when you're operating in an in a extreme, in a state of fear where you're kind of locked in 
and you're being controlled literally by your fear, that is not uh, going to serve your health in any way, shape or form. So I think that's another really big takeaway. And if you want to learn more about Germanisch Heilkund, which is what we called in English, Germanic healing knowledge, you can go to their website and the, the link will be in the show notes. And that is ghk pilharacademycom So don't worry about the spelling. Just go to the show notes. <laughs> if you're interested in learning more about this refreshing perspective that just that makes a lot of sense. If you're curious about that, check it out. Also, as always, I invite you to join our love challenge. We have an ongoing love challenge, which is in our Mighty Networks home. And you can join our Mighty Networks home and hang out there and be part of the community. And in the love challenge, I introduce six tools that you can use to practice self-love, which I think is also a very foundational concept besides trust and you know, understanding your fear, practicing self-love is so important. And we haven't really ever been taught how to do that. So this is a different approach that you can check out. It's self-paced. It's a 12-day program. Uh, it's totally free and available to all. Go in there, invite your friends, and take part in also the community aspect of it and learn those tools and start to practice more self-love. How can you go wrong? Thanks for listening. Thank you.